And the thunder rolls The thunder rolls and the lightning strikes Another love grows cold on a sleepless night As the storm goes on out of control Deep in her heart, the thunder rolls Welcome to this week's episode of Say What You Mean. I'm Jeff. And I'm Jake. Dude. We just finished up uh, To the Republic. Like four seconds ago. Yeah, so then we're stepping right into this. It's, this is uh, this is a nice change of pace. Oh my gosh, it's just like, <sighs> so take to have your the, jacket off, yeah, stay right? a while. Like we have to, st- we're, we have to like stop and make sh- and think about everything we're going yeah. to say. Yeah. This, we can just talk and mm, talk freely. if we're right or wrong. <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah uh, wait more or less yeah we'll, we care we'll, we we'll care correct if, it next we're week care if we're care we care if we're right but we're not care we don't really care if it comes out in a particularly well-constructed exactly. way <laughs> we'll get to our points eventually even right. if it takes a half hour people have to find us and listen to us on the radio it's like you might stumble upon us and be like who are these idiots yeah we right. can't even construct a sentence <laughs> so that's why we put a little more time into exactly. that exactly but if you're interested in listening it'll be out next next thursday mm-hmm. um september 5th uh, and it's about the Supreme Court. We break down uh, five or six Supreme Court cases. Mm-hmm. And so if you're interested, it's I think it's worth a listen. Yeah, I'm excited because I love that stuff. And I liked I mean, I like doing the research and I like learning about these cases, but it is work. It is a lot of work. <laughs> Dude, did you hear those storms last night? I slept right through it. Are you serious? Yeah. I felt like it was like right above my bedroom. Really? Yeah. It was so loud. Like, so I sleep against the wall. Mm-hmm. The wall was vibrating no, from it. No, really? It was wow. so loud. That's insane. I love it. I don't know how I slept through it. I usually wear earplugs. I was wearing earplugs and I, it still woke me up. Wow. So I, I woke up and I was like, Jen, are you awake? And she's like, uh, yeah. <laughs> I was like, oh, I didn't know. And she's like, it's so loud. And it, the thunder was just insane. Yeah, I woke up to all sorts of uh, Facebook posts about it. Oh, I'm sure. And then, but I, I was like, "What happened last night?" Like, my dogs were super wet because they were outside playing, and mm. then, like, so I was like, "Well, something must have gone down last yeah. night." But I don't. Uh, I, I had no idea. I got up to go to the bathroom, and when I was walking back to my bedroom, just the brightest flash of lightning lit up my entire yard. Really, it was freaking cool. Wow. I mean, yeah, it's scary. But there were some cool. th- there were some thunderstorms in in DC the first night we were there, but for the most part, we had great weather. Oh, great transition! That's my second point. How was Washington DC? Uh, it was a lot of fun. I wish I had more time. Look at this casual guy, like, oh yeah, when I was in DC. Yeah, you like you like that. that <laughs> I'm gonna I'm just gonna slip in here and yeah, talk about. I don't myself. know if just, you've been to, to DC, Jeff, but the weather in DC. <laughs> <laughs> oh, gosh. that was a total like I love that was it. like a total <laughs> moment from. <laughs> I'm gonna just uh, I'm gonna randomly take this conversation and turn shit. it to my cat, right to my cat. <laughs> um, you know, Dimitri was in D.C. at the same time. I think so. He just was leaving D.C. as you were arriving. Oh, really? Yeah, he was in Virginia doing uh, training for his job. But okay, yeah, he was like. How's Jake like that, like, uh, muggy swamp weather? And I'm like, dude, it's been raining the whole time, I guess. Mm-hmm. So Yeah, no, it was awesome. Thursday night was brutal because that's, like, the only night Kylie and I had to walk around. Um, the night you got there? Mm-hmm. Ugh. And it was, dude, it was, like, standing outside, you start sweating. Really? The, ha- the, the air is just thick, and it's muggy, and you just, like, oh, it's gross. Yeah. And, but... We, I was not going to deter me from going and seeing the sights, especially at night. Was the uh, air thick and smelling right? 
Dance to the left and sail to the right. What, what song is that? It's Justin Timberlake, Rock oh. Your Body, dude. Oh, okay. Gotcha. All right, all right, all right. <laughs> Sorry. No, you're good. Um, Washington. You had to walk around that you night. You had to walk around that night. You so suffered you, through it. I suffered. And suffered through the sweating. But it's crazy. Like You can walk down just like three blocks of one street mm-hmm. and see... Heads like the headquarters for any particular bureaucracy you can think of, mm-hmm. all like right next to each other in these like monster, like these massive buildings. Um, and it's crazy. Like, you're walking by like the Department of Commerce and you're like, oh, hey, Wilbur Ross, that guy, like Mr. Campbell's soup himself, is like <laughs> works, works right there. And right. like, you walk by the White House and you're kind of like, Trump wasn't wrong when he kind of called it a like a um, pile of crap. It's not that impressive. It, honestly, it's really not that impressive, really. Yeah. It's kind of like the it's like it the the paint on it is kind of like old. You're lying. I dude, I swear. Like <laughs> maybe maybe it was just the night. Maybe it was maybe just you nighttime. Walked by the decoy or something. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think so. There was like like a nonstop protest going on. Are you serious? Yeah. I told you there would mm-hmm. be. Wow. So like we walked by it and at just, night at like eight or nine at night. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Tell me about its shitty paint job. That's so interesting. It just was like maybe it was just because the lights were shining on it and it was nighttime. And you could and see I, all its blemishes. I don't know, man, but it was. It's just it wasn't what I thought it was, man. It was just Whoa. like I was like, man, like the first thing I thought of was like everybody shit on Trump when he said it was kind of a shithole. Yeah, but I don't think he's particularly <laughs> wrong. If you've grown up, I mean, if he's been living in his mansions right. for such a long yeah. time, but yeah. I'm just thinking like. This is going to be like this, you know, this gorgeous house, right? Mm-hmm. And it's like, eh. I mean, it's old as shit. It is super old. Yeah. But then, the, then the second thought I had, and this is a little bit deeper and might be kind of like pretentious. Oh, here we go. I just, like this. No, but it's like it's just, it's crazy, right? That that's a social construction. If you think about it, that we've over like we created a government mm-hmm. around certain principles of democracy and represented, you know, representation and. Um, and freedom and liberty and all that stuff okay. and then we built a house we call it the white house and we put this we put it every four years we put a guy in there and he has all of these powers over our individual lives all that is is a social construction like literally we think that 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 is absolute and that's the way it always is going to oh, be and it's like and it's like we think that this is like a this is a con like this is a constant and this is like this is this can never end this can never change mm-hmm. that um this is just the way life is right it's it's a um it's a it's a component of of of, of nature, really, but right. it's, but it's really not right. It's a social construction, and it just made me think about it. Like, how weird is that to think about in the in the scope of human like scope of human yeah. history? Yeah. that we got we've come to a place where there's a guy in this white house, mm-hmm. like at its basis and like most simple idea, it's just a guy in a house. In every word he says reverberates around the entire yeah, world because yeah. he sits we we chose that this guy gets to sit in that house yeah it's kind of it's it, it's it's weird it's kind of just weird to think about when you actually get to stand there and look at that house because it's always something you see on movies and you see in tv shows and you think oh it's the white house right and then you're standing looking at the white house <laughs> Dude, and you're just like the, okay the quality of this house has completely <laughs> changed the fundamental way you view government <laughs> You're like, what do I even live for? I'm, I'm just saying, like, there was, there were, there are bureau, there are, um, like, headquarters of certain bureaucracies, like the the Eisenhower, um, like the Eisenhower building uh-huh. next to the White House, mm-hmm. much more impressive. Really? Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Did, you, did you know that in DC? Here's a here's a fun like travel tidbit. Um, I probably don't know this, Jake, because I've never been there, but you have. Is so I I, ex- <laughs> I expected Washington DC to be like, you know, high skyscrapers like. Mm-hmm, and being mm-hmm. when you're walking around the streets, like you have to look straight up in order to see the sky. Why? Because it's a major city. I thought that's how major cities were on oh, the East Coast. Okay. I'm ignorant. Like okay. that was the first time I was ever there. Dude, I've I've like uh when I was looking for jobs in DC mm-hmm. right after graduation, I oh I always like scope out the area and I went to like Google Earth. Oh, and you did like a street the street walking. Stuff? Not not necessarily street walking, but you like as soon as you do like satellite view, mm-hmm. it's you can see the way that the city's constructed. And there aren't really any tall buildings. No. Yeah. And that's because. Oh, there's a reason. There's a reason. Uh, no build. It's by law in in the District of Columbia that oh. no building can be taller than the Washington Monument. So the Washington Monument has to be the tallest building. In, Whoa. In the, in, the, in the city. That's interesting. Yeah. I didn't know that. I, didn't, I learned that from my taxi driver. That's 
Is, wait, is that a credible source, Jake? I went and looked it up, and that's oh, and, okay. and it's true. <laughs> yeah. Uh, that was constructed in 1848, and it's 555 feet. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Yeah. No, it was uh, and the, the Washington Monument. Gorgeous. Was it cool? Yeah. Yeah. It was super cool. And then it's right to the like east of it is the reflecting pond in the World mm-hmm. War Two mo- World War Two Memorial, and then you can look down the reflecting pond, reflecting pool, and you can see the, the Lincoln Memorial. And I just. Kylie and I just like sat down and just when you're in that particular part, it it's so like it's so breathtaking, especially at night with everything lit up and the yeah, fountain, I bet. and the fountains and all of that stuff. And oh my gosh! Plus, it was also because it was so there was it was right there by the water. Mm-hmm. It was the coolest part, <laughs> cool, uh, coolest part. So it was nice to sit down. There's a little bit of a breeze blowing through that area, and mm-hmm. oh my gosh, that was that made the whole trip worth it, right? Really? There. Yeah, it was gorgeous. So if if you need to get you need to get back there, it's. And then, and then there's all the different stuff. Kylie got to go through the um, the Holocaust Museum. Should we go into Ford Theater, or at least went outside it? Mm -hmm. That was cool. Yeah, that was right near our hotel. Yeah, yeah. There was a sticker on our hotel window that says, "You are so many steps, like 500 steps from uh, the Ford Theater, Mm -hmm. something like Mm -hmm. that." So that's cool. Yeah. No, it's uh the the weather one. It poured down rain on Friday, and everybody was complaining about the rain. And I was like, "This is fantastic. I'll take the (laughs) rain over that humidity." Anytime, uh, right? Because we're just we're used to it here. So, how was school? School was fun. Um, did you did you mingle? Did you socialize? Did you make these connections for your future? <laughs> uh, no, I was. Uh, I was lo- a lot of the time. I was the awkward dude, like in the in the corner. Oh, that's that's without saying. <laughs> <laughs> I talked to people who I had who I had had classes with. really yeah. okay that's kind of cool so here's something weird so both i met my one of my professors uh-huh. who i have class with and you know he just sees me through the webcam and um the other people who i uh, had talked to was it weird to, for him there. to see you with pants on <laughs> yes yes he's like i normally don't see you with any pants on I'm yeah. like yeah i'm sorry i wake up at 7 30 in the morning to come to your class um he uh no i wear i wear i wear pants <laughs> So, uh, he's like, you, you project a lot shorter on webcam. What does that mean? He said, I'd look way shorter. And then I got this again from this other, this girl that I have class with her name's, her name's Where's Rachel. Where's your camera at? Is it like above you looking down? No, I, so I have it on my, I have it on I mean, my, you are tall. on my table. Yeah. So if I sit up straight. Okay. And I want to have make sure that there's a narrow view of my surroundings, so mm-hmm. like I'm not showing my super messy room behind mm-hmm. me. I have to keep it and then kind of like slouch down, so I'm not looking over the top of my webcam. Otherwise, <laughs> they're gonna just see my chest. Please, please go home and take a picture of you doing this and send it, and I'll post it. <laughs> so I have to like, so I I, I just kind of keep I just slouch. Yeah, I just like I slouch forward so that. Um, we had this like this Friday night. Um, oh, I love you, Jake. This Friday night networking event at the National Press Club, which yeah. is like a, a place that I am not suited to be in. Like I am not fancy enough to be in this place. It's all like mahogany wood. And uh-huh. It's like all of them. Like this is where like all the major press members go when they come to DC. And like mm-hmm. this, it's this is a, a, just an amazing building. You have to have like a key card to get you in. Gotta you gotta start thinking about yourself checkpoint. on that tier, Jake. Well, that's what Kylie keeps telling me: fake it till you make it. But, yeah, like, I'm having a hard time even faking it, dude. Well, yeah, when you're slouching all the time. <laughs> well, it's the only way I can get into my webcam, man. So uh, it's either that or pick up my room. And I don't want to do that. Just um, clean your room. So, I, um, so I'm standing there, and I see Dr. Stenatus come in, and he's like, and I'm like, he's like, Jacob. And I was like, yeah. Cause oh, yeah, everyone told, calls you Jacob. Everybody calls me Jacob because <laughs> I, I never corrected him that my name is actually Jake. Oh, you're looking so, around like, there's a fucking another guy named Jake here? So he's like, Jacob. And he's like, how's it going? I said, he's, I'm like, I'm good. And he's like, you project um, you, you project much taller, I mean, much shorter on screen. And I said, I was like, oh, really? That's weird. And, and he, just, he just left it at that. And he just kind of went on. I was like, well, it's good to see. I'm taking you next. I'm taking your class, your quantitative methods class next semester. And he's mm-hmm. like, oh, cool. I'm you know, excited to see you, whatever. Um, and then... Um, um, this this girl that I have class Chica. with, who is bringing me uh, books for a class that I'm taking this semester that she took last semester, and she lives in D.C. She was bringing them there. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, I that's got, cool. I just got free books. Wow. So uh, so she and then so she's 
finally, after like a half hour into this thing, she comes up to me. She's like, I, she's like, Jacob, I didn't know it was you. Because, Jacob. Oh, because, I'll never get over that. Because she goes, she goes, I thought you were way shorter. She's like, I thought you were like 5'10 max. So when I walk in, one, I don't, I didn't see you with your hat on because I only, I wear my hat uh, and I wasn't wearing my hat. Yeah. And then two, she's like, I she goes, there's no way you're that. She's like, I never, I, she's like, there's no way you're that tall. So I figured you had to have been somebody else and you just weren't here yet. And she's like, cause I thought you were 5'10 max. So Dude, like, that's so, so funny. I, I don't know. That was just, uh, okay, it was kind of weird. Cause I've never been, I've never been called short right. or thought I was short in right. my life. So. Hmm. I wonder if there's listeners out there who are like, who, you know, you always do this. Like even with radio, mm -hmm. you imagine what people look like. And then when you see them, you're like, I didn't, that voice does not match up with that face. Yeah. So I'm sure that happens with this show a lot, Sure, but I mean, not a lot. Cause most people know us, but mm -hmm. I love so much that they're like, Jacob, Hey, Jacob. <laughs> I know. I it, it's it's hard for me to hear. I I don't like being. I I, I honestly I don't really like being called Jacob. Okay, well that's probably why you don't feel like you belong because you're like, where the fuck's Jacob? <laughs> <laughs> I know who I was the only person with that name uh, there that day. But man, I'm telling you, dude, I am I am so far like behind these people. Stop. No, trust me, dude. I it's, know what you're saying, but you're totally not. Oh, man, I don't know. These people have insane amount of experience. Okay, cool. You'll get there. And they're as smart as me, you, if not smarter. I don't know if that's true. Dude, it's... Invite one on the show. I'll question them. I'll have a... I'll construct a test, a game show. <laughs> Are you smarter than Jacob? All right. <laughs> well, I'll have to try to get oh, the, the, full, the Fulbright Scholar from Morocco on here. No, don't pick the smartest one. Dude, it's insane. Like these people are like they're State Department employees. There's, there was an FBI special agent. What were your grades? I haven't gotten one. I still haven't gotten one back yet. What was the other one? Uh, I got a ninety-nine point five. Shut the hell up, dude! You're so annoying. It's the easiest class in the in the core in the program. Okay, but, but you got that A. That's all that matters. I mean, I mean, I don't know. I don't know if you feel like this. This is how I feel. I talked about this a little bit last week, but because it's communications, it's a different discipline, so I'm mm -hmm. overcompensating for it. Yeah. Um, so one of the things was I had to create a website, and I was just like second-guessing everything. Mm -hmm. Everything. Um, the way it was set up, the way it was designed, the, everything that I was writing on it. I was like... I. And I worked on it like all week, just a little bit here, like for an hour here, an hour here, an hour here, an hour here, just going back and going, I don't know if this is good enough. I don't know if this is good enough. I don't know if this is good enough. I was like, you know what? It's due. I got it. I'm just going to submit it. I got 100% on it with some of the best feedback I've ever got. And I was like, oh, okay, maybe, maybe I can hang in this discipline a little bit. Sure. You got to think about it like that. Yeah. I mean, I guess, uh, I mean, you're cut, dude. You're you are all you're already just supernaturally talented at that like content creation okay. and everything like that. I mean, look what you've done for our podcast. But I don't feel like it's like it's just me just like kind of putting something together. Yeah. But I don't know how that compares to other people. Sure. Also it doesn't help that my best friend is an art manager for a record label. Oh, okay. Who does this every day and mm -hmm. creates some of the most fantastic images on Photoshop. Yeah. So it's like, if my image isn't that, then I'm just like, I don't know if this is good enough. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, but that's me comparing myself to other people. Sure. Like, do I, I belong? Here? I know. But it's, it's for me, it's prospects of getting, prospects of getting a job. I understand and, that. And yeah. um, if it's, if I'm, even if I'm just, I have no issue i i believe i i will be able to get through this program with good grades that's okay not, that's not my that's not my issue i feel the same way it's, i agree i i can survive academically with and i can compete academically yes. with with the people in my okay. program the issue where i'm at is that when it comes to actually getting a job and these people have worked in multiple countries through either the peace corps or they have a military background where they deployed overseas or stationed overseas um have worked for other non-governmental organizations as volunteers, mm -hmm. um, can speak multiple languages. Like I'm screwed when it comes to when I'm screwed when it comes to that. Okay, so if they if they have all this on their resume and under their belt, why are they getting their masters? 
probably because they couldn't either to get promotions within their job mm-hmm. or to get a better job. Okay. Well, I will argue that their job that they're trying to leave is better than the job you have now, right? Yeah. So say you have someone's job and your classmate, your classmate has a job and they're going to move up. If you were to take their job, you'd be like, this is way better than Fisherman's. <laughs> and then. <laughs> yeah, it's a fair point. So say you work that job and you're like, this is way better than Fisherman's. Oh, but I want this promotion. Well, you'll already be at the point where you have your master's to take that promotion. Sure. Yeah, I need I need to find a way to get more to get more experience. For sure. Yeah. yeah. There's a couple nonprofit organizations that have job openings and that have their international non-governmental organization. They have an international scope, but mm-hmm. they have a, like a, a an office in Portland. Okay. Um, one is Nature Conservancy, Conservancy, and then Mercy Corps mm-hmm. have have offices in Portland. So. Okay. Um, there's two jobs. There's one job with each that I'm gonna apply for. So and then I'm taking the State Department exam in October again. Oh, so, okay. Uh, hopefully, I don't lock my keys in my truck this time. <laughs> <laughs> You'll be all right, dude. Yeah, just be more confident. Like you said, you can compete. Mm-hmm. The fact that you can compete academically that should tell you that in the job market you can compete the same way. You know, I think about you applying for jobs. There are places that I've applied for that have interviewed you and i'm just like what is jake doing differently that i'm not getting interviews for esd 112 mm-hmm. and fishers fisher fisher fisher, fisher investments yeah. yeah i've applied for both and never heard a word back so fisher you don't want to apply for any particular job if you go to their website and i'm they... not i don't care anymore oh, okay i, I got yeah, i started a new job that, on tuesday that's true <laughs> but it's like these are both places that i was like well i'll try I, I didn't get a call on the first one for fisher it was you have to go in and like they have like a it basically it's like a talent pool position on their website on their website uh, and if you that's what i did the second time because gotcha. that's what matt told me to do and he's like oh. don't he's like don't apply for any particular job they won't call you right um go and just put your resume it's basically all that it is is like a resume collector mm-hmm. and then they call you for like just to scope you out like they have their they have oh, their talent acquisition team will pretty much call anybody with a degree that puts it in their puts it in that pool just as oh. a, for a phone interview that's then why even post the jobs yeah i don't know <laughs> <laughs> stupid um i was gonna ask you about something else i don't remember anyways i sent you an article well yes. i sent uh, you a you document s- you sent me a document cj sent that to me Okay, what I do, I tried to find some stuff on that. I couldn't find any articles written. There weren't any. So I had to just read that document with a not a lot of understanding of that Dude, particular jargon. Dude, same. So I'm I, so glad to hear that. I felt like I'm fucking, I'm an idiot. Dude, I cannot get through this. Mm-hmm. I, I, but you were struggling too, so that makes me feel good. I don't, so my only, the only thing I can think of is that they're trying to through this they're trying to redefine residence like residency and yes. how it relates to like um citizen like whether you're resident like you have to be residents and then there's like a now that there's a time frame and like a place for like that determines residence to define residency and i guess i can be taken to citizenship what are we talking about we should specify okay yeah fair <laughs> enough so uh u.s citizenship and immigration services put out a policy alert mm-hmm. um says the purpose of this policy alert and this is on the on the alert u.s citizenship and immigration services is issuing policy guidance in uscis policy manual to address requirements for residents air quotes in statutory provisions related to citizenship and to rescind previous guidance regarding children of U.S. government employees and membership of the U.S. Armed Forces employed and stationed outside the United States. So that was the purpose of it. Okay, so is it talking about <laughs> citizens that are members outside of the U.S. or people who we contract I think people that we contract it's with? It's people that we contract. Okay. So I finally found um, an article... By the Washington, I don't know if it's the Washington, <laughs> the okay. Washington, it was from the Oregonian reposted it. Okay. But it says, um, 
So, children born overseas to some American parents serving in the military or working for federal government may no longer automatically claim U.S. citizenship if their parents had lived in the United States for five years or less. Okay. So, if you're a citizen, but you've only lived in the U.S. for five years or less, and then you go and work abroad for the military or the government, Mm -hmm. your children are not citizens. And then what this article says... If they're born overseas? I think so, right? If they're then born overseas? Yeah. But are we not treating consulates in U.S. military bases as U.S. soil? I don't know. Not if... Yes, we we are. No, it's it's. I don't think it's no longer tied to place. It's tied to the people. I think. So he's trying to. He's trying to um, reverse birthright citizenship. Oh, he's already said he wants to. Yeah, and this is the first step. Yeah. Yeah. So. I I, uh, I just want to point this out real quick. Shout out to CJ. He had an excellent point. Um. So he said, nope. Okay. This is a way to keep naturalization and citizenship numbers up while potentially denying more people this this administration wants to keep out. So I think through the process, your parents, if you're born out and you've only, if you're a citizen, say you come to the United States and you become a citizen and you've been there for five years or less. You're not nat- you're not naturalized, if you will. You haven't been born in the United States, mm-hmm. but you come to the United States and then you're naturalized, you become a citizen, and then you go and work for the government somewhere else. Your children do not have that birthright citizenship. If they're born on over- yes. overseas. Yes. But <clears throat> if they want to become citizens, your parents have to file and go through all the stuff to then have you naturalized and become a U.S. citizen. So what CJ, I think, is saying is that those numbers of mm-hmm. showing, look at how many people we've naturalized and had become citizens through this process. That number goes up, but only because you've taken away their birthright citizenship. Okay. I see that. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah, I feel like this is a this is a first step in in more executive orders and read using executive orders to redefine or change uh, executive you know executive mm-hmm. branch definitions and policies and stuff like that. So that's um I don't know, man. Like well, and CJ was telling me, you know, that I don't I don't know enough about it to really have a hot take. Right, but right. Well, he was saying, you know, the the Constitution doesn't really say much about that part of it. I mean, as far as like being born somewhere else and then having that, mm-hmm. you know, it's about being born in the United States and not an yeah. extension of the mm-hmm. United States. Um, and I told him, I said, you know, well, we'll see what the Supreme Court rules because I guarantee you someone's going to sue the government for this. For sure. Yeah. Well, I mean, John McCain wouldn't have been a U.S. Like, I don't know if John, well, I guess his parents were. Like we're born here, so right. So if happen. both your parents are born here and lived here longer than mm-hmm. five years, and then you go out and have a kid, then that kid is, yeah, a citizen. Mm-hmm. It's weird, dude. I mean, I know I'm not surprised by any of it, mm-hmm. but I don't, you know, on a fundamental level, the just removing people who are serving the government, removing their children's rights to be citizens. Mm-hmm. I don't know how anyone reads that and goes, yeah, okay, I'm cool with that. Yeah, I think a lot of people. If if it's if it's kicking people out that don't fit someone's definition of what a U.S. citizen is, white, they're totally, they're <laughs> honestly, they're, I think there's some there's a portion of our population oh, yeah, that is totally f- totally fine with that. I even if they're serving, yeah, dude. Oh there's, there has gosh. been there has been multiple people who have served in the U.S. military who aren't U.S. citizens. Yeah, you know, they're they're here on immigrant visas or they're here permanent residents who joined the military. Yeah. Um. And when their enlistment's up or something is happening, like they're, they have deported, um, they have deported U.S. service members because their, their visas ran out or, you know, they, something, something happened. There's been multiple cases. Like I can't think of any, there was one was a, I think it was a Filipino man, um, was, was, um, was deported. Mm Mm-hmm. 
uh, and he is he was a member of the U.S. of uh, the U.S. Army. Um, and there was a lot of people who were like, oh, well, boohoo, like you know, you're, uh, you know, like, illegal's illegal and stuff like that. <laughs> oh I'm not saying God. I'm not saying that's a I'm not saying that's a representation of of even. 10% of our of our population but there is a portion of our population who th- who do who's that. down yeah yeah wow well that's that's the hot news yeah kylie turned me on on that topic kylie turned me on to an article last night she was we were talking about it that motel 6 apparently um i don't know if it's it was a corporate thing or if it was you know a couple of regional managers but we're turning when people would come in and um, would check into a hotel, they would forward all of their personal information onto ICE. And ICE was raiding people while at Motel 6. There was, a, there was a Vancouver man who was an, an, an illegal immigrant. Mm-hmm. Um, and he checked into a Motel 6 in Seattle. His hotel room was, was raided and he was deported. So are they choosing to, to report individuals or does it automatically kick their information? They're to choosing ICE? to report individuals so they have to make that decision holy shit yeah so there's going to be a massive lawsuit against like and as there should and then you would think that so-called like oh my god you you go on to like the facebook comments of this and then there are people like illegals illegal doesn't matter it's like you would okay you would think that there were there were legal citizens who fit the the the, st- mm-hmm. the the archetype of illegal immigrant Absolutely. whose information was passed illegally onto yes. the government. You would think as a con- someone who probably labels themselves as conservative, I'm assuming that yeah. these people probably would if you were to ask them. Um, don't know that for sure, but I'm assuming um, that you would be against that that intrusion yeah. of privacy. Like you would think that the ends don't justify the means. You're talking about handing over like personal information to a federal government illegally without your con like without your consent. And you know, and like someone pointed that out to him on the comment section. And I saw a couple of posts back. If, <laughs> if you're worried about your, your, your information getting passed on to the government, then you shouldn't have anything to like, if you're worried, then if you, if you're worried yep. about it, then you have something to worry about. Yep. You have something to worry about. Okay. Let's take that. Let's, let's take, uh, let's take that thought process. Yeah. And, and take it and put it onto firearm registration. You're the ones that constantly say, like, it's not the government's business what I own. So, therefore, like, I don't want a gun registration. Ooh, so get them, Jake. So, why would you? So If you have nothing to hide, what's the problem? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Damn. Mic drop, show's over. Holy shit. That's a great point. Yeah. People made that same argument um, after 9-11. Mm-hmm. Was it Patriot Act? Patriot Act. Yeah. Oh, I have nothing to hide, so go ahead and search it. And I get that. I mean, after uh, after such a horrific event, people just want to find a solution. They want to feel safe. safe yeah. But, you know, now I guess we are in the tragic era of immigration. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Dude, I'd be fucking pissed if I check into a Hotel 6 and it's like Lopez, Jeff Lopez, report, sending his information to ICE. They're not going to come after me because I'm a citizen. But still, what the fuck? Mm-hmm. Why are you reporting me? I should go do it and then just be part of the class action law. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure at this point it's, um, they're not doing it currently since they've. Yeah, been that's probably out. true. But damn, damn, that's a great point, Jake. That's a great point. But nobody wants to fucking think that way logically. No, it, pragmatically. It's, no, you, you want to. No, you want to align with your idiot with the ideological side that you identify with, is mm-hmm. insofar as it it suits your your personal yeah. interests. As soon as as soon as it it's it's politically or uh, personally advantageous that you take a you you take a different stance mm-hmm. against what That's would normally so be your ideology. Ideology. You're, you're you're totally fine with it and you don't so su- and apparently <sighs> nobody suffers uh cognitive dissonance anymore no um but yeah i don't know it's just it's depressing as shit man yeah um what are your thoughts on legalizing marijuana <laughs> <laughs> sorry i i have personally changed my tune on this have you a lot okay yeah. i i remember posting on insane comments like there is no way I would ever, oh. ever be for legalizing marijuana, and I hate absolutism, Jake. Well, I was an absolutist back in the day. You've read, <laughs> you've read some, you've read some of my past Facebook yeah, posts. Yeah, yeah. I saw one the other day. Someone posted on your page. Yeah. So good. Yeah. 
Made that four F one fifty. That was my that was my old friend Garrett. That's my, well, I, old friend Garrett. Yeah. Uh, he he um he's known me for for this. He's he knew me that entire time. We him and I have known each other since the fourth grade. And, right. Uh yeah he he knows all of my my past. My name's Jacob. I want to be a historian. God, I know, man. I shit. Yeah. So he anyway. posted. Hold on. He posted something on your page. It was like. He, I don't know what was he riding a bike or running through the woods or something. Riding a bike. Riding a bike, yeah. and you're like, hell no, you need a Ford. What was it? F two fifty. Something like I don't know. I don't know. I don't. <laughs> so good. So good. Anyways. So marijuana legalization. Yeah. I. Absolutism. I, th- I think some of the arguments for legalizing it, I thought were. I still have a problem with them. It's like, oh, we're going to generate all of this revenue. It's like, well, there's still going to be a black market of people purchasing um, marijuana below, like because the ta- because there's going to be taxes on it, right? Right. So the the black market value is going to be lower. Okay. So the the black the pricing of a black market goods is going to be lower. The cost. The cost of it. Okay. So people are going to people are still going to try to go and buy the cheap, you know, cheaper marijuana. I don't know if that's true. It's, Maybe it's not. That I don't. Was, I don't know. I'm just saying. I don't know if because I know people, yeah, who partake in marijuana, mm-hmm. and now that it's legal, they choose to buy it legally. Really? Yeah. Okay. They're willing, They they pay the higher price. Also, also, you could argue because I know there were people in high school who sold marijuana in high school illegally. Yeah. But as soon as it became legal, are now millionaires. Because they have switched that industry from illegal to legal. Sure. They got all the licensing. Mm -hmm. So say you're buying from Jim and he's in high school and you're buying your weed from Jim in high school and after high school when it's been illegal. Now it's legal and now Jim makes it legal and you're still buying from Jim. It's legal now, mm-hmm. so you're not buying on the black market. Yeah, I know. Like, like some of the guys that own the the weed shops around town are yeah. like insanely, like have done insanely oh, well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so but, I, but I they, would like to they, look at I those mean, numbers. Do, I, get, I mean, I guess they technically pay taxes on that, right? But, like they don't, they can't put it in banks because that's the federal government can seize all of that. Oh, oh, mm-hmm. the the income. If if you put if you put income in from like. Um, Kylie's Kylie's work won't open accounts for people who own weed shops. Wow! Because that money can be seized from the federal government. Holy shit! Yeah, I didn't know that. Because it's not illegal federally. Yeah, it's legal in the state. It's not legal federally. Whoa! And the, the state's just hoping. I mean, at any time, federal officers can come and raid any of these pot dispensaries. Yeah, I know. They that. choose yeah. not to because yeah. what's the point? Yeah. Um, and I'm you know, and part of me is glad that they don't. That's such yeah. a waste of resources. That's sure. kind of like what major change my mind a lot of it and one is like oh. personal liberties yeah. if they, they want to do it they want to do it whatever it's happening anyway and two um not necessarily i think that there was ever going to be a major tax bump from mm-hmm. from the purchase of it but at least we're not using federal resources to try to regulate right. it so whatever um plus we need to focus on the immigration crisis exactly we need we need mo- we need more than motel sixes <laughs> doing the lord's work and um, yeah, sending doing the lord's work sending in um people with the last name lopez's yeah. information to ice right um so yeah that, uh, so now i am on the side of i just i don't give a shit yeah yeah <laughs> i really don't care right. uh, i think that's i think you see a lot of people kind of shifting like whatever you do you mm-hmm. yeah I was just wondering because I, you know, I saw Bernie on Instagram and he was like, it should be legal federally and everybody should be, be able to do it. And who cares? And I think you make a point with the, the personal liberty. Um, but who knows? I don't know. It's weird to. to. But then but then. So say it is federally legal. Now, are you releasing all those people on those minimal marijuana charges? Yeah. Right. Yeah. That's insane. That takes a ton of. um pressure off of our jails which are already overcrowded pressure or money from them both yeah i mean i don't know because well most most of our federal penitentiaries are like privately run organizations that's what i'm saying and isn't it beneficial for them to have people in there that's the that's the stance that John Oliver <laughs> is it takes. Yeah, oh. he he does he does he did a recent episode on private on private prisons. Okay, mm-hmm. I thought that's what no. you're bringing up. Okay, but I've heard mind. that. Yeah, yeah. Hmm. I mean, that's that's the big conspiracy, right? Is that it's they're privately funded, so then they they make money on having you in there, so they don't want you to actually leave. Mm-hmm. And plus, they make money on you being a worker in there. 
Oh, there you go. Yeah. Yeah. So like, why do you say conspiracy? Huh? Why do you say conspiracy? Well, the, the conspiracy is is that like you know they they're they want they want to keep petty criminals in, gotcha. in there for longer. So they'll like, you know, they, they want to try to influence legislation that makes petty crimes harsher. And that's why you see, I mean, we know that happens though, don't we? Not necessarily with this particular issue, but couldn't you say that that happens with other issues or do you not know? I don't know. Yeah. So automatically conspiracy. You, you, and Dim- you and Dimitri really take offense to my refusal to to uh, to entertain. It's not conspiracy. offense. We just like busting your chops because we are. Oh, we think everything's a conspiracy, and you think nothing's a conspiracy. Nope. <laughs> I like to take Oct- uh, Octum's razors uh, I- ideas about uh, how things come about. Yeah, it's the, the 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 easiest explanation is usually the explanation. Okay. I don't think that's see that's hard for me because in like nature and science that makes sense but when you're talking about humans yeah I mean I'm a social scientist I mean we're we're social scientists yeah <laughs> well you're not so much anymore communications more than humanities okay I guess I'm kicked out of the club <laughs> you're now. out of the club <laughs> well I don't even know like if would you really consider history a social science because you mostly do qualitative yeah research not quantitative i don't know i mean in calm i'm doing a ton of research on behavior and people yeah Hmm. like we just we i just read was reading a paper about we're looking at how you know my job is in communications to be able to tell people about things that is either going to benefit them or harm them and to make those decisions based on the information okay one example that they used was there was a bunch of radon natural radon in the soil in New Jersey. Okay. And it was the radiation was coming through the basements of their homes. Oh. And they were seeing an increase in lung cancer. Okay. And they're like, yo, this radon is poisonous. You could get lung cancer. Please buy these, I think they were like charcoal tests or something. Mm-hmm. Buy these charcoal tests to protect yourselves. So that you know the levels of radon that you're being exposed to. Sure. And everyone's like, eh, it's natural, whatever. <laughs> and not doing it. But then. Eh, it's natural. Well, I mean, that's not the direct okay. quote, but that's the attitude that was coming <laughs> from them. How great would that be if that was a direct quote? Well, <laughs> it's natural. <laughs> it's natural. So, so then a, a company wants to come in and they're going to have some waste. Okay. And they're gonna, the waste is going to be produced there and they might either move it out of town or keep it in town. But then the community freaks out and loses their mind over the potential of harmful material being in their town. <laughs> okay. You know what I'm saying? So yeah. the, the the chapter that I'm reading is looking at waste. That just sounds like a South Park episode. <laughs> so it's risk versus like um, risk versus hazard. So the risk of them being hurt by the company's, waste mm-hmm. is minimal while in the meantime they're being completely poisoned by the radiation in their homes but refuse to take the test to look at the levels of radiation they're being exposed to isn't that this basically the same concept as the anti-vaxxers like the same kind of mentality what do you mean um we're, we don't want to risk autism so we're willing to risk other deadly diseases oh i mean if you say it like that yeah absolutely <laughs> Yeah, that is that is but but I don't know. You can see a direct you can see there's, direct, there's more yes. direct correlation yes. than that because there's not even scientific proof. On the, I, yeah. I mean, what, their argument is what it's are a the, loose comparison. What are the chances that I'm going to get polio? And really, what are the chances that they're going to get polio? Where in this New Jersey case, most of their houses are being affected by the radiation. Yeah. Okay. And they're they're being poisoned. It's like by you're it. going if you don't do this, there's a 100 percent chance you're probably getting cancer. Yes. Okay. And the 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 part of the chapter was like God versus industry or something like that. And it's like because it was natural and because it was in the soil, they were like they anytime it's more natural disaster. Yeah. People are more willing to just like forgive it or let it let it by. Sure. But if it's an industry disaster. Although it may affect minimal amount of people, you know, you're, the comparison they make is like car crashes over a time of a year are like millions of deaths or what, I don't know the number, but 
X amount of deaths. Okay. Whereas plane crashes are just a lot of deaths at one time, mm-hmm. but happen less often. Yeah. But people are more afraid to fly than they are to drive. Yeah. Same thing with that that nature versus industry. Okay. Nature could be slowly killing you sure. and giving you lung cancer, but you're more concerned about the industry moving into your town and affecting your life. Okay. Right? Yeah. I don't know. Why did we get on that's, that? That's super <laughs> interesting. No, I'm glad we did. That's super oh, social interesting. science. That's, super that's interesting. why. So I'm looking at like, how do I convince those people who are being affected by the radon to, to go? And if that was my job, how do I convince them as a communicator to, Hey, you guys are being poisoned. You need to get these tests. That could be one element of the job. Okay. Or if I'm working for the industry convincing, Hey guys, Yes, we're coming in with this waste, but you guys are being poisoned every day at your home. So, I mean, you're not supposed to make that comparison in tactic. Mm-hmm. That's not what you do. But essentially, that's what you're trying to argue and, and have pass as okay. Okay. So there's a little social yeah, science to it. Sure. I see it. For that part of it. Yeah. Getting into the I mean, mind you're trying, of the you're people. Trying to pre- you're, well, then you're trying to predict. You're trying to build a, a, you know, a, a model or using surveys to try to um, predict predict future behavior like how mm-hmm. are people going to re- mm-hmm. how are people going to react to this marketing strategy right yeah right yeah okay so all right i'm not completely out of this club okay <laughs> all right you gotta you can reapply okay i'll reapply after this first year I'm, when i I'm know kidding. a little more i'm kidding <laughs> um yeah uh have you heard about what what is happening in england with brexit no. Okay. Boris Johnson. Oh, wait, you were telling me a little bit about it yesterday. You had mentioned it, and I said, say Yeah, I so it's interesting the difference between um, US, how U.S. I mean, I, I want to talk about the, with the issue at hand, mm-hmm. but then I also want to talk about the difference between how this particular instance is being portrayed in American media versus being portrayed in British media. Mm, okay. It's really interesting. So uh, Boris Johnson has um, suspended parliament. He is, Boris Johnson is the prime minister of, of Great Britain. Okay. He has suspended parliament um, and by asking the queen to dude, deliver. That dude looks like a creep, by the way. He, I mean, he looks like the British version of Trump, right? Is his hair naturally that color? No, he makes it. No, that's his natural color, but he makes it look. He perp, like John Oliver does a really like, <laughs> really good episode on him. Uh-huh. Like, and he perp, like he says he purposely makes his hair look that way to make himself look dopey, so people like think of him as like this fun like unserious guy so he's more relatable to the people is that real yeah oh because it looks kind of messy like look at me i'm mm-hmm. one of the and, bros and, and he does he does a lot of like he does a lot of purposefully goofy shit and comes across like as an idiot on purpose because it makes him look more relatable and wait how do you know that? that that sounds like a conspiracy Jake. it's not a conspiracy <laughs> he actually he know he's actually it's, he's on he's like, no he's on record saying stuff like saying that Watch John. Watch a John Oliver okay. episode because it's not a conspiracy. It does sound like one, <laughs> but if you go and actually, I just busted your chops. I don't like you. I don't like you anymore. Goofy bastard! Look at his hair, dude. So anyway, he does uh, it on purpose. He does it on purpose, yeah. dude. Like our president, that's his only option: is either go bald or to keep trying. But with the maybe weird promo I mean, when you look at this and you hear this tactic. It wouldn't surprise me if uh, Trump does that same stuff. Make himself look kind of dopey. Yeah, uh, or 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 his advisors are telling you still haven't watched that fucking get me Roger Stone. Except he he gets really weird about his hair though. Like I don't think Boris Johnson particularly from like what I've seen mm-hmm. has like. Well, he has make, all of it. If so. people make fun of his hair, like he doesn't really get like upset about it whereas trump like you don't apparently like you don't do any you don't even mention like you apparently you don't mention his hair around him like he is really self-conscious about but it. if he's making his hair goofy on purpose mm-hmm. and people make a comment on his hair then it's like my what i'm doing is working that's why i do it this way to get comments on it okay you know what i'm saying uh, okay where him he can't control it and he's trying to save every ounce of it mm-hmm. and making it look as fancy as it does sure so then when you when you make fun of it, it's like, no, I worked hard on this hair. <laughs> okay, sorry. Fair enough. Okay, sorry. So, so Boris Johnson has suspended Google this guy. This guy looks awesome. Has suspended the British Parliament. He's the newest prime minister. Okay. 
He just took over for Theresa May, who took over for David Cameron. Um, they're all con- they're all members of the British Conservative Party. Mm-hmm. Um, that's a power. Par- that's the power. It's a party in power in England. Um, and it, I'm not going to get into all the intricacies of a parliamentary government versus a presidential government, but just know that the prime minister is the head of the government for England. So he's a, he's essentially what our he's essentially kind of our president, even though they're not he's not directly elected by the people. He's elected by his party. Mm-hmm. And um, so usually what happens when there's a when a new government forms and they really and they they have their man, they have their mandate. Um, they'll, the queen gives a speech and parliament will be suspended for a couple days prior to the speech. This, the, the queen delivers the prepared speech from the newly formed parliamentary government. And, um, then government, um, that, that gives the government the mandate to carry out their duties and, um, parliament resumes and then they go, her speech does her, yeah, her speech speech reopens government. You have to remember England doesn't have a constitution. They don't have an actual written constitution. Everything that they do is based on precedent. And so, so they do this whole ceremony to reopen government because it's like the, it's, it was the, the, like the whole Magna Carta thing, Uh um, where parliament stuck it to the King and then the King, um, uh, gave power to parliament and reopened parliament and that, created like the new that like parliament. he's granting them that exactly even though Whoa. even though he doesn't even though they the queen doesn't really have power to say government yes. can't operate but because it's tradition they continue to do it dude that's amazing it's really it's it's fascinating british wow. british politics and the way the parliamentary system works is fascinating wow but the um, especially when you can you compare it to um the united states government there's a whole branch of political scientists called comparativists and they just do comparing they compare different forms of government right it's a lot of fun it's a great course to take at wsu vancouver with dr theers if you're if you're a coog um or you're going to be a coog take that class it's Mm -hmm. uh, a poli-sci 102 fantastic that sounds awesome anyway um the so he so the issue here is that boris johnson has asked for a suspension from september 9th until october 12th so this is an unprecedented amount of time Mm -hmm. for for parliament to be suspended Who's he asking? Well, he uh, he asked the queen okay. to deliver a speech. Okay, and so she granted she granted the the re- she she granted the speech, which means that parliament will be shut down. And he he put the time frame. And it's important to note that the queen the queen doesn't really have power, but she does have power through like tradition. Mm-hmm. So she she granted the the stage so that it can't happen any sooner than September 9th and it can't go any longer than October 12th or 14th or something okay. like that. So, uh, it's an unprecedented... What if it does? It can't because she's delivering her speech on the 12th. But what if they... I don't know. So, yes, she's giving Wh- her speech. What if it does? What if they don't continue? Like, they, they continue well, with parliament, the shutdown. Parliament wants to. Oh, okay, gotcha. Yeah, so they would, they would so throw... So, because they of throw, tradition, they, would... they have to not. Yes. <laughs> Okay. So the doors are going to be closed on closed on Parliament because okay. of tradition. Okay. So wow. And they're all they're all pissed about it because, well, especially the Labor Party and the and the and the and the minority parties mm-hmm. in Parliament are all mad about it because the Brexit vote happens October thirty first, and they're saying that this is a ploy by Boris Johnson, mm-hmm. who is a who is a no deal Brexit uh, guy. He mm-hmm. doesn't want. He wants to break completely cleanly, no deal with the EU, just break. Um, most people, even within his party, are against that. Wow. But the government is mandated to carry out Brexit. Uh-huh. And so he's saying he has some legal standing to say a no-deal Brexit is what the people voted for. And then his opponents will say, well, the referendum didn't actually say what kind of Brexit. It just said leave or... Re-. Literally, the, the referendum said leave or remain. It didn't have any nuance to it at all. <laughs> so then once it came once it came out that... There's a whole lot of bureaucratic like nightmare mm-hmm. in terms of trade and immigration and currency mm-hmm. and all of that stuff that, because the, the EU Britain has been part of the EU since the 1970s. Mm-hmm. Like that's a lot of stuff that all of a sudden you have to need, need to go back and figure out what kind of trade are you talking about? What is the currency exchange rates? All of this kind of stuff. Jeez. And it's way more nuanced than what the re- referendum could have po- even possibly yeah. could have even put on, but the referendum tried none of that cuz they they honestly, David Cameron's government didn't think that Brexit was going to pass. Nobody thought the referendum was going to pass. Hmm. They just threw it out there because the United United uh, UKIP United Kingdom Independence Party was was starting to gain seats and chip away at the Conservative Party's majority. So that in, to placate UKIP, they said we'll put the 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 the, uh, the Brexit referendum 
um, as part of our yearly, as part of our government mandate, mm-hmm. not thinking that it was going to pass, just to placate UKIP. Well, it ended up fucking passing. Wow. Like nobody, nobody thought it was going to pass. And all of a sudden, and then David Cameron steps down mm-hmm. over it. Theresa May comes in, and she's been trying a whole series of different negotiations. Getting, um, she's had multiple deals reached with the EU, but she can't get it passed through Parliament because the Conservatives are saying they can't. Conservative Party, with especially with the with the. Um, with a no deal component of the conservative party, she can't get a consensus mm-hmm. within her party. So these deals kept falling through. Well, now Boris Johnson is now the prime minister and he's a no deal guy. He's a hardliner and he can't, if he can't get consensus on a, he's got one last shot to reach a deal with the EU, which nobody thinks he's going to, is going to happen. Mm-hmm. It's going to torpedo it. So it's going to, what's going to happen after the queen delivers her speech, parliament or parliament will reopen and um, there's going to he'll go to the EU for one last round of negotiations. If he reaches a deal or not, he'll come back to the British Parliament. They'll vote on it. If the, if they can't agree on on um, on on a way forward, there'll be a vote of no confidence against him, which means that um, he'll be up for re-election. There'll be elect. There'll be another election within the Conservative Party for a new PM, and he could potentially lose power. Jeez. But October 31st is the hard deadline. They break regardless. Mm. unless the eu grants them another extension but i doubt nobody thinks that that's going to happen yeah. the eu is being pretty hard at this point because they've already extended it three different times um so this political ploy they're they're viewing this particular shutdown mm-hmm. one its length and its timing because it's what it's doing is it's taking away the essentially the last full month that parliament has to negotiate right within itself about how it wants to handle brexit mm-hmm. so um well, but so that that's that's the issue right now. Okay. He's not necessarily doing anything illegal, but he's kind of pushing those bound. He's pushing those boundaries that we talk about using breaking norms, breaking norms and using technically legal maneuvers. Mm-hmm. But in a way that's never really been used before. So everybody's like, it's a political tactic. Well, he's like, well, I have legal precedent to do it. Yeah, but it's not what we do and it's not how you do it. And it's what <sighs> kind of precedent is that setting? It's the same debates we have here, right? Yeah. With, with this with this president. And, um, and, and it is worrisome when you're talking about the world's oldest, well, one of the world's oldest and most stable democracies. Uh, we're, the, we're the oldest democracy, but one of the oldest democracies um, on the planet. And, and they're going through a lot of the same stuff that we're going through <laughs> right now, having this, a lot of the same debates. So, But it's interesting. I want to get to the media component of it. Yeah. And that is... Oh, yeah, uh, right. Go ahead. Is that in, if you read all of the headlines where it's like Boris Johnson is doing this power grab, like he's shutting down parliament. And they're, mm-hmm. they're making their... The way that the headlines were reading were almost as if Trump shut down Congress, which in in our minds, like that's how that's how the headlines were reading. Right. Like, it would be like as if, as if Trump shut down part, and that's not it at mm-hmm. all. Like that is not what's happening. But if you read the headlines, that's what it sounds in the U.S. In the U.S., okay. that's how the U.S. media has like framed this maneuver by Boris Johnson, which it's not that right. Yeah, it's completely different because it's a it's different it's different governmental systems, right? And it and it's not like it's not like Parliament's not going to reopen or has he's shutting it down indefinitely, right? So and then you go to the Brit, you go to the um british publication and they get much more into the nuance of what is happening you'd have to understand right. kind of the basics of the parliament system, the westminster say. system so it's easier to do that but it's interesting that um how u.s media has framed this this debate i wonder if that's because of like you're saying you would have to understand the nuances of their government to understand what's actually happening mm-hmm. but either the authors don't get british politics and government so that's what they're drawing the conclusion of is like oh it's like trump shutting it down Mm -hmm. or they're assuming that the readers are dumb and that's just the best way to explain it yeah either way and i think there, there there could be another level to it is that boris johnson and and president trump are friends okay like bros trump trump has supported boris Trump supported okay, Boris Johnson's yeah, yeah. ascendancy to the prime minister, even though he was super critical of Theresa May. Mm-hmm. Um, and he wants he want Trump wants to see a, a hard Brexit. Mm-hmm. He supported that because he he views a hard Brexit as a chance for the United States to enter in a a, a weakened Britain offers a really good trade partner with the United States mm-hmm. on a bilateral agreement right. because breaking the the Britain, England out of the EU, um, and so you don't have to. Um, you don't have go to negotiate. You don't have to go through the EU right. because the EU negotiates as a block through the World Trade Organization. Having England broken away from the third largest economy in the world, broken away from the EU, now you can make a bilateral agreement with right. England. There's a lot of. 
the Trump may may or may not, I don't who knows what he really believes. No, I don't think anybody has a pin on what his like ideology is. Right. So it's so you have to just kind of look at what are what are the interests here. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. He says on the surface level that he you know ideologically he aligns with Boris Johnson. Who knows? But the the issue is is like there is a massive U.S. interest in Brexit happening the way that Boris Johnson wants to have it happen. Right. Even without thinking about the long-term ramifications of a fractured Europe and all of the, and all of the historic, all of the history that has been around Europe mm-hmm. with, when it hasn't been unified, right. how many wars have happened? Um, so it's just it's fascinating because there are so many ramifications coming at, like from Brexit mm-hmm. that I don't think many in the United States are really paying attention to how much one that can it's going to affect the global economy, mm-hmm. but then also how it's going to uh, affect. Uh, relations with our with our uh, North Atlantic allies, mm-hmm. both from a from a security um, security and a and a politics point. Like when you you start to see the rise of um, uh, of right of right wing extremism all around Europe, how close Marine Le Pen was to to winning in France, mm-hmm. and um, Merkel's uh, coalition in Germany keeps getting chipped away by far right movements in Germany. Right. Who thinks far right Germ- far right movements in Germany are a good idea? Right. Viktor Orban in Hungary, like. This has far-reaching ramifications for NATO, especially because NATO, when you have these these countries going into an isolationist uh, stance and being highly influenced by foreign government interventions, especially from Russia, in their into their elections, like R- Russia has targeted 19 NATO members. We're not the only ones they're trying to hit. That we just were happened to be the ones that they were most effective with. Right. But NATO works on consensus. Like they can't. They can't. They, if, if all NATO members, there's 23 of them now, if they don't all agree, there is no, like, nothing can happen. Like, NATO has to work on 100% consensus. So wow. if you get a government in there that is, just wants to be a stick in the mud, mm-hmm. they can completely shut down NATO. So, I mean, like, there is a, there is a massive, like, there is far-reaching, there are, there are far-reaching ramifications for this broader movement that we're seeing. And mm-hmm. then the Brexit is just a component of that. Right. But it's interesting to look at Brexit just not only as a, um, as an isolated incident, but also how it ties into the global global trends. Mm-hmm. So. It's weird how this men- mentality, this shift, this isolationism is just spreading. Mm-hmm. And that push for that. Yeah. It's weird that that is the theme of the era that we're in right now. Mm-hmm. That's weird. Yeah. And it's it kind of sucks because <laughs> I'm going into a field of like just personally. Right. It really sucks because I'm, I'm, I'm going into a field where uh diploma like yes into diplomacy in an era where countries aren't really interested in it <laughs> right <laughs> so, uh, but yeah it's um it's it is weird that you have these institute like these institutions mm-hmm. that were set up in the post-world war ii era based on a set like a set of pr- a set of principles mm-hmm. and um collect you know collective like a, uh, a collective security collective um you know economics where you know integrated economics and we're going to try to promote peace through stability and, and yeah. the creation of these institutions and the united states was at the forefront of that and now you have all of these countries that have really been like no matter like no matter what metric you look at the west the west has benefited most from these institutions but mm-hmm. they're the first ones to be backing away from them yeah like there's you don't see the um the African Union pushing, pulling away from the UN General Assembly. No, no. it's the, the most re-entrenching are happening with the people who are in power within those institutions. Why? It, it's it, so weird. It's nativism, uh, yeah. nationalism, yeah. Um, fear the like fear the other. I think these really um, ingrained responses to encroachments on sovereignty, I think, mm-hmm. are really playing out. I think immig- immigration has has brought back a lot of those anxieties in the United States. They see a fundamental changing of what they believe American static like a static American culture is um, is a threat to our is a threat to not only our sovereignty but our way of life mm-hmm. and therefore the UN is somehow quasi responsible for that. So we want to re I think I think there is a I think there's a component of that that wants to re-entrench and isolate ourselves so we don't have to deal with the rest of the people. I can't imagine that it's simply immigration. It's not simply immigration. No, I but. think that. I think that global terrorism is an element of that. The accessibility yeah. Yeah. to move freely is what is scary for people. Is what I would imagine. So the the loose immigration, the loose one, you know, one world 
idea mm-hmm. of everybody working together and being a team together. I think people fear that that facilitates the moving of terrorists and terrorism. Because, you know, we're over here. We have two oceans on either side to protect us. That's a good point. And over there, you have... They're all they're all right there. And any terrorist group on any in any country, mm-hmm. whether it's Eastern Europe terrorist group or whatever, yeah. can move from one place to another if there's more of this one world idea and, and open not open borders, but loosely not isolationist. Yeah. Um So then sure. in, in turn immigration becomes the focus. Okay. That's just me thinking. No, I, th- I think Out there's loud. there's a lot. I th- there's definitely a lot there, and there's there is research that that points to to that. Um, no, I, I don't. I don't. I don't disagree. I don't disagree. I think that is definitely a. Uh, there is definitely a point to that. I think the th- the perceived threat. Of, yes, of I that like that. I like that is is more powerful than the actual yes. threat. Yes, and I think that there are. What you're um, talking about right there, perceived threat. That is my communications. Mm-hmm. This idea that there is possibly a threat. Or a perceived threat. Mm-hmm. People are more afraid of that than the actual threats that happen within the borders. Well, I think they're they're ignorant to the likelihood of that hap- of right. likelihood of it right. happening. Yeah. So, and I think there are, and that leaves them ripe for ex- exploitation by political yes. actors who yes. use those fear tactics to drive their policies mm-hmm. because nobody. Tariffs don't help anybody other than the target, other than the um, the industries that the politicians who are using tariffs to protect domestic industries. Like, there's only one component of our country that is benefiting from tariffs, and that's like the steel and coal industries. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Everybody else is is feeling the effects of these rounds of tariffs of China. Wow. So you have to, you have to. I, I think you. Got, but but the fear is right. Is like. You know, if we if we don't use tariffs against China, all of this stuff is going to all this other stuff is going to happen. We're going to lose all of our jobs to China. All yeah. of this, we're, our economy is going to you know our economy is going to crumble. So we have to we have to do this. And you get people who are who have called themselves capitalists and free traders and all that kind of stuff buying into these fear tactics. Yeah. And cha- and then changing how they changing their worldview because of their fear of something that's really like not even probably that high, that highly likely has a high likelihood of happening or for or using these tactics when there were much there are much easy there are much less costly avenues for combating china i'm not saying combating china isn't a top priority and shouldn't right. be a top priority but there are far better ways of going about it mm-hmm. than using you uni- like unilateral tariffs yeah. on china it's just it's not it it's not helping and it's hurting everybody but it doesn't seem to resonate with the people who it's hurting most which is really interesting because then you have to look at what are the interests versus ideas at play within the domestic politics of the united states like you are clearly being you are not benefiting from tariffs but yet you support them right it's interesting to me yeah all right jake go to work is it time already yeah it is (laughs) all right all right well thanks for hanging out for sure uh next week is to the republic Yes. Um, enjoy that, everyone. And thank you for listening. Uh, share, like, subscribe if you want. Alrighty. Okay. All right. All right. Okay. All right. Bye. Bye. Bye.